in new seasons, you have an expectation. We can have an expectation of new fruit. Even seeds that you sown in last season will be fruit in the new season. And I believe just God wants us to raise expectations of Him. Because He knows no limits. He knows there's nothing too impossible for God. There's no situation, circumstance that we should get that freaked about that we dismiss that our God can do anything about it. And that's exactly where our reading for the last week has brought us in the Scriptures. That, um, that God tells people to move. Because if we don't move, we're stuck in a season that God is no longer there. When we read in Isaiah, God says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. The old is gone and the new has come. This is what Isaiah's, uh, the, 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 the heart behind it is. When God is doing a new thing, he actually turns his back on the old thing. It's like, I'm not in that anymore. That's, that's how we end up with religion all the time. Because God's grace is moved. And like the fire in the night and the cloud in the day, he's waiting, looking for his people to be alert. And he's moving into a new season. That we move with him. We don't move before him. We don't like so, like so far behind that we're backslidden. <laughs> because you never stand still. God, you never stand still in the Lord. There's always something moving. Either you're going that way. He's going that way. That end makes you that way. If you get what I mean. So I'm going to read out this scripture. It's from Deuteronomy chapter 1. And you can read all the way up to this. We know like what has happened up to now. This is Moses really his swan song. This is his. He's reminding the new generation that like the old generation that came out of captivity in Egypt, do you remember the rebellion he reminded them of? He told them about the commandments of the Lord. He told them how to stay within the parameters of the prosperity of God, which was like obey what's being said. That's the parameters. If you go to the left or to the right, the Holy Spirit is walking there, like, to bring us back right into the center all the time because we all... I have that novel, have it going right or left. But he's in me, he lives in me. The Holy Spirit said, tell me, no, no, you're out, you're out, you're out of zinc again, come on back in. And that's his hard void because he wants to prosper us in all ways. And, and he tells them all of this and then, then um, he says this to them. Look, do you remember like, Egypt, do I have to remind you, it was an awful place of oppression. It was an awful place of, of, of bondage, slavery. You know, I told you before, they didn't even allow them, like linguistics people learn somehow that uh, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't allow the, the, the Israelites to speak like beyond a whisper. They robbed a voice. When they said something to them, like the women in the, in the houses, they used to have, they found these tambourines. You know tambourines wasn't an Israelite's instrument. Where did he get them? It was in Egypt when they were coming out. Remember they were coming out and he says, they get them, the women get them, the household stuff, they get them all types of things. But they, they took the... the the, what became the tambourine but what it was it was, it was an instrument on, the, on a long stick and if someone raised their voice they'd shake this tambourine into their face go you've nothing to say you, you'll be quiet that's why it was amazing when they went over the other side when they crossed the Red Sea and Miriam took up the tambourines you remember that? Miriam took up the tambourine and all the women were took up the tambourines which like if there was 2 million that went out of Egypt that could have been 100 or 500,000 women with tambourines Imagine the sound of that, man. That would drive any person mad. And then, um, but like, but the instrument that was oppressing them was now an instrument of praise. See, that's God's heart. God's heart is like their testimony is, yeah, I was in Egypt, yeah, I was beaten down, whatever life has thrown at you. But now that becomes your song. Now that becomes something that, that you know, you can imagine all them women. You know, you can imagine them all. Like, let's say a hundred thousand, so we don't exaggerate. With tambourines. There's like a hundred Beyonce's, you know, all the single ladies, all the, you imagine all of them things. And listen to what it says, when you move on from there, it says that the other, when the people of the other nations heard, 
heard what God was doing amongst them, they were terrified. Because I don't think it was just the women with the tambourines. I think maybe the husbands who had seen their women being so burdened for so long was like, go on, honey. So you had all this clapping. And you had all the kids going, go on, mommy. And then there was like tambourines clapping and stamping. No wonder they heard all them would have God was doing something amongst the Israelites. And you can see all the miracles when they rebelled and the snakes bit them. Remember when they lifted up the snake on the, on the was, was representation of the cross. Whoever looks to this would be healed. And, and Moses has reminded them all at this stage because he's about to die. He's about to be brought to glory. And, but this is what he says in chapter 1. The Lord our God spoke to us at Horeb. Deuteronomy 1, 6 and 8. You have stayed on this mountain long enough. Resume your journey and go to the hill country of the Amorites and their neighbours, the hill country, the Judean foothills, the Negev and the sea coast, to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon, as far as the Euphrates River. See, I have set the land before you. Enter, take possession of the land the Lord swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and the future descendants. Amen. On this Mount Horeb, the Lord says to them, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. It's time to move. He said, there's a land that I have for you. But if you stay on this mountain, you will not take possession of what I have for you and your future. And not only you. If you've ever heard me say anything like this, it's not only you, no. It's your children and their children and their children that come into this. What an incentive to go in now there's giants in this land. Now there's cities to be taken in this land. It's not like God is with you. You sit back and relax. And as he says, no, we're doing this together. I've already done the work. Now you go and walk in the work that I've already done for you. But he says, if you stay on this mountain, you will die. You won't see the promised land if you don't move. There's a journey for us to move from. Like, what is our horror? What is our mountain that we need to move from? Like, imagine they were a second generation now. But they would have heard stories of, from the old generation because they didn't. And the stories that they heard was, wasn't always the positive stuff that God had done in their lives. It was like we're in the desert too long, we're walking around too long, where Moses was always reminding them. God was always reminding them through Moses. The, the God who took us out of slavery. That's why he kept reminding them because we have an awful habit of forgetting. And circumstances will cause us to forget that God is great. And that's why he says constantly through these five books that we read, or four books after Genesis, the God who brought you out, the God who brought you out, the God who put Egypt in its place, the God who broke the gods of Egypt, the, the, the things that they were, why? Because he was trying to tell them over and over again, God is great. Now move from the mountain of Horeb and go to where you want. I grew up in a flat complex called Dalton's Barn. And myself and Sharon... Um, when we had Patrice actually we used to live in what they call the long block 76 Dolphin House and down there, like 76 down there in sort of 51 or something they lived the family and I don't know about where you live but where we live all the dogs got called the full name so like my, we had a dog called Bruno but it was Bruno Kenny it wasn't just Bruno it was like uh, what was it um, you know like uh, Trishy Rogers Major Young it was all these like there was, you'd never just go Major go Major Young or Major and, whatever. and there was this dog called Rex Ryan that lived down on the bottom over here. And Rex Ryan was a, it was like a bear. It was like a big German shepherd. But I don't know. He hated me for some reason. 
he hated me. And, and I'd come down the stairs, but before I even came down the stairs, I'd look over the balcony going, Get up, Rex! To let me to see whether he was there or not. And it was times when that dog would stay quiet till I was down enough for him like, to look at me and bark at me. And, and just this bark was terrifying. Like. And then there was a wall facing us. Like, and I used to run and jump up on the wall and walk along the big wall, like probably about eight foot wall. And, and, walk, and if he was there, I'd go, get up Rex Ryan. Like, it's like, I'm in control now. Look at the size of me. But terrified, like absolutely terrified. This thing could have tore you apart if he got a hold of you. And one day I had an idea. Because I used to have to go out that way. I used to have to go out to a gate. It, was, it wasn't even a re- it was a, an illegal gate. I think we were in a prison. Uh, we were, it was like someone made it in the flats. The official way was this way. And one day I says, why don't I just go that way? Sometimes you only get things when you move. That like I keep doing the same thing, the same mountain over and over and over again, the same car pattern, the same escape route. Like which took about 14 minutes like if, if, if it was like a bad day. God says move from the mountain and you're only going to get certain things in God when you move. When you move. See, see what Jesus says. Jesus says if you have the faith of a mustard seed you can say to the mountain, be you removed. Whether you're moving from a mountain or moving a mountain, it's only faith that operates the moving of you or of them. Because what is faith? I'm trusting that God has a better way for me. I'm trusting that God will give me the way out. I'm trusting that God will make a way. I'm trusting that God will come through. I was talking to a woman who was getting prepared to go to Africa as a missionary. And she says to me through the day, she's waiting on certain things to come through. And she says to me, you know what I don't know? I pack my bags. In faith, this whole word, in faith, I pack my bags. I mean, money is not true yet, but my bags are packed. What is she doing? Saying, God, I'm trusting that this is you and that you're going to make a way. And Mount Horeb is a great place when you look at other scriptures. It was where Moses met God in the burning bush. It was where, where God, imagine meeting God in a bush. Imagine meeting God in all his glory. Like, like um, reckon, not in all his glory, in some of his glory, but, you know, coming into a place where it's like, you know, Moses, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. Moses having an understanding that if you see God, you die. He's freaking out all of this stuff. But he met God in all of his glory. You can imagine Moses. Moses had murdered someone in Egypt. Do you remember? Moses was on the run. He was 80 years of age at this stage. Like he would be the prince of Egypt, but now he was a, he was a goat herder or a sheep herder. Like thinking, my life is done. My life is over. I've made the biggest mess. I've a mortar rat back in Egypt. I've all these things going on. I mean, my, I was put in a basket. I was going to be murdered when I was a baby. You can imagine all the mountain stuff that that creates. Nobody wanted me. Now I'm a murderer. Now I'm out here walking around the backside of a desert. And God appears to me. God appears and he says, Now Moses, go. You're not staying at this mountain, Horeb. Even though you've seen my glory, I want you to go and tell that Pharaoh to let my people go. See, we don't know what's on the other side of us, Milvin. We might think, Oh, like God, I met God, and God's like, No, I've something for you. I've something for you to do. You know, but who me, a go herder? Who me, like someone that has a murder rap? Who me, like someone that once had all the glory but now has nothing? Yeah, you. But Moses, I'm not going to take you to move. It's going to take you to take a step. Even if you have a Rex Ryan in your life barking, don't come this way, don't move, don't go anywhere. Rawr, 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 rawr. Do you ever try moving God and all of a sudden you hear all the, rawr, rawr, all the Rex Ryans around your head in your life, but I'm not, I can't too. God says, I want you to move. Do you remember when Elijah um, took on the bales at Mount Carmel? You imagine this man of God, heard God, went up, took on the whole witchcraft system of his day 
and pulled it down. God told him and he went. Do you remember what he says? God, do what you said you would do. God already told him what he was to do. But he had to go to the mountain. He had to move to go there. And he does all of this and there was a big victory. And then um, Ahab and Jezebel, Jezebel the queen, says, I'm going to kill that, that fellow, that Elijah. Elijah gets fearful and runs off. After seeing God's fire come from heaven down into the earth. We're mad enemies as humans. We could see so much things in God. And then another instance comes and we're like, I don't know where God is in this. You know where he went? Mount Horeb. And it was in that place where God says, remember the fire and the wind? Where else am I missing? Fire, wind and... There are the Bible scholars. Fire, wind, earthquake. And then he experienced all that and God wasn't in it. And God says, sit at the mouth of the cave. And he sits there and God speaks to him at Mount Horeb. What are you doing here, he says. God knew what he was doing there. But God wanted him to tell him. Lord, I feel like I'm the only one. I feel like there's no other prophets. And that Jezebel one's going to kill me. She's going to have me head if she has a way. I'm full of fear. I'm full of dread. Listen to what he said. He wanted to die. There's a mountain. He wanted to die. He wanted it to end. He wanted the fear to be out of his life. The anxiety to be out of his life. And God speaks to him. You know what he says? I want you to go. I want you to leave Mount Horeb. I want you to anoint Hazel, the king over the northern country. And someone else over the southern country. And I want you to put Elisha in as your successor. He was speaking. When you leave here, I'm going to secure the future. I'm going to secure something in God. That all I want for you, Elijah, is to move from Mount Horeb. And get to where I want. Could you imagine the Rex Roins in his head? Jezebel. Ahab. You're gone. You're nothing. You're nobody anymore. Needless to say, he moved. God wants us to move. Wherever your Mount Horeb was, take a step. Do you know all there is is a step at times? It's a decision of the heart. Even with all the barking of the dogs. Like I'm trusting God. Even in it all. How did you get saved? You took a step. You moved from the mountain of sin. And you moved into the kingdom of God. By one decision. One step. And I, I, and I pray that you've experienced the wonder of who he is. Let alone that he's done. But the wonder of who he is. I was reading about Martin Luther. The, the Reformation is not Martin Luther. I have a dream, Junior King. Um, but, but the guy, and it's a pretty incredible story when you look at it. It's like he was on a mountain of, first of all, he was on a mountain of, um, couldn't get around God being a good God. Have you, have you seen all these cruel things in the world and cruel things in the scriptures? And, and to one point he, he said to God, I hate you. And then sometime later he was coming home from somewhere, probably the pub, and, and uh, he nearly got struck by lightning. And, and he makes this promise to God, I'm going to join the monastery. He must have been drunk. No, he, 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 you know, he's like, well, I know what I'm going to join the monastery. But um, he goes, but, and then he goes on to a mountain of religion. And, and, and in his, in his, in his melt, on his mountain of religion, there was never enough. He used to whip himself till he was bleeding. He'd fast and pray till he was dire sick. All to prove God. Can I live, all to say to God, can I, I want to live up to your... 
going to walk my way into your favour. I'm going to do more and more. And he used to freak all these peers around him out. And in Jordan his day, this is church history, Jordan his day, like the Catholic Church was, it was in descendancy at the time. And uh, they ruined. But they had ways of making money. And there's no other way of saying this. I'm not putting anyone down. It's just the way... It's horrible. So they used to have relics. So they'd have something like... And they're still there to see if you go to certain places. I'm doing relics with like... Right. They had splinters from the cross. So because there was many, they used to go to many different places and people would come and they'd get blessed by the relic. They had splinters from the apostles' table where Jesus had last supper. They'd have like St. Anthony's tooth. They'd have like something that was supposed to be like Paul's finger bone or Timothy's toe. Or You'd have all these things and, and, and you'd pay it to be blessed and he would have done all that. He would have gone to the relics, to this, to this. He went to, he said, his peer said, we send them to Rome because he wanted to get rid of them. So he sent them to the holy city to see the holy father. He'd get something there and he'd be over here. And he goes there with two, two goals. One was that um, they, they, they got him there by saying, go and see whoever and ask him questions about A, B, C and D. That was the official the second goal of him going there was to get his grandfather out of a doctrine, a horrible doctrine, called purgatory. Where people that were not right with God went to, but you could get them out if you prayed harder, gave more, fasted more, denied yourself more. Walk, 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 walk. About a place that doesn't even exist. So his goal was to do the official, but was to go to all the chapels. Go to where all the relics were. Go to the holy city. Try to see the holy father, even if it's up in the window. Because somehow we walk hard or get granddad out of purgatory. And it says he goes up to these steps, right? That was a relic. And they were supposed to be the 26 steps that Jesus walked up to meet Pilate, where he was judged. And on every step he knelt and he said, a decorated rosary, or he said so many things. Then you get to the next one, you kneel down. You kneel down, you kneel down. Till you get to the top, when you get to the top, you're given a certificate that says the Holy Father, the Holy See blesses you. Surely that's my ultimate one. Where I get the certificate from the Pope. And he gets up and he looks down at all the people kneeling where he come from. He's seen an emptiness in it. But he didn't really have an answer. Other than a half of a scripture came to him. Not a whole scripture. One half of a scripture came to him. I'll tell you what it is in a minute. He goes back. He said, he, he was at it again. Like, he was always questioning God. He had questions about questions that had no answers. He said, we make him a pastor. And he sent him to a place called Wittenberg. And while he was a pastor there, he was able to study more. He was able to teach more about the word. And that one half of scripture came back to him. And he realized one thing. Romans 1.17. I'll quote a proper. It's only a half one, but you can forget it. The just are justified by faith. We are justified by faith. Faith in what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Faith in his blood. Faith, 
Faith in his body. Faith in, faith in his resurrection. Faith that he seated at the right hand of God. Faith that he said, not walks, not, not he realised it wasn't about going to the Holy Father. It wasn't about whipping himself. It wasn't about relics. It wasn't about someone's. It was by faith. And he moved from that mountain of religion with all the voices of his day. He could have been murdered as a heretic. He left all them voices off that mountain that was on that mountain. You've gone to see the Holy Father. You've gone up the steps. You've got his toe and someone's tilting and all this. Is, but nothing. Uh, the holy city. But what was echoing over all of them was something from the word of God that you are justified by faith. By fa- and he moved off of that in faith. And he nailed his pieces to the, to the church because he went every day, the next day everybody was going to be in church. So they would see that this mountain is a mountain of evil. Never ending. Constant condemnation. Knees sore, back sore, heart sore, head sore, and everyone else around you sore. But he moved off of that mountain. And I don't know about you, but it's so easy to jump on to that mountain of religion. God, I'll do more. I'll give more. Why is this happening to me? Oh, it must be happening because I'm not reading my Bible enough. I'm not going to church enough. I'm not giving enough. All the things that... It's by faith you access the things of God. It's by faith you leave that mountain to enter the next season of God. It's like you can't pull it with you. You have to make a decision. God, that's what that is. But I'm trusting what you're doing in my life, in my family, in my descendants, in my generations. That one decision I made in my life. I see my grandkids running around. Little wonder, she was two yesterday. And last week, I, I, we were, you know, you watch those programs, everyone, you know, with grandkids and Coco Melon and Drivia Demented. And I'm going to bed singing them songs. Mummy, have a time of worship. <laughs> Baby Shack. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. I says to her, I was doing the alphabet, where I go, was A, giving her a start. She goes, Man. <laughs> and I just thought we never talk about amen it's just in the environment where amens are important in our life it wasn't ABC for her that moment it was amen you know when she comes in she comes down in the morning we, do a, we pray we've been praying for this church for two years every morning 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock we have a Bible study at half seven. If you want to get on, you're more than welcome. I'll send you the Zoom link. We've been doing it for whatever, 16 months, the gang of us. And, she, and we break bread every morning. And she comes in. She sits on me lap. She calls it the Amen bread. And there is Amen bread. It was the it is finished bread. Nothing to be added bread. No walks, no nothing. But a full trust in what Jesus has done. And we get to celebrate that every morning in that Bible study. Watch out now. Let's ask the Lord. We'll know it already. Because there's a Rex Royal on every mountain. I was thinking of Moses and like his mountain probably was the what if mountain. What if I wouldn't have made those decisions that cost me my place in the palace? What if I wouldn't have done that to that man? What if Or the mountain of, what if that person wouldn't have hurt me that way? What would my life look like now? What would my mind look like now? What would relationships look like now? Every mountain has a Rex Ryan on it that's 
willing to bark to keep you in the place of fear and trust him there's another way. And just like he said to Moses and just like he said to Elijah, it's time to move. And just like he said to the people of Israel, it's time to move and to resume the journey that I have for you. Will you take the first step? Because I've already given the land. It's yours. I've already laid it out before you. It's already yours. You just have to walk in. And if there's joints there to be faced, we'll take them down. And if there's fortified places and strongholds, I'll demolish them for you. But your step of faith, it's like Luther's step of faith, of moving away to take hold of a new day that Jesus has already ordained for me. The plans of God for your and my life has been there since the found- before the foundations of the earth. So Liberty Bray, brothers and sisters, I just encourage you Take this step out. Can we just play another song, Therese? And just, I believe in movement. I really, you look anywhere in the scriptures, it's all about movement. All about movement. I believe steps of faith are activated when we move, when we do something physical, it, it somehow activates something that's spiritual. That's in Corinthians. You don't have to say what it is. It's between you and God unless you want to talk to a brother or sister about it. But you've, this is what he said. You've been around that mountain too long. Now get up and get out. Take a step forward. Maybe during this song, maybe a standing up as an act of faith before God, maybe lifting up a hand. Just something of movement that Activate something of God in your life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Just pray for a release of strength when we move, a sense of expectation when we move. Lord, as we step out with a mustard seed of God, that there would be there would be an activation of God of faith in motion. Seeing the things that we haven't seen yesterday, seen them today's and tomorrow's. Things that weren't moving, moving, I tell them to move as the people of God move. I tell them to move. People to move towards you that is for you and people to move away from you that's not for you. Circumstances that are against you to move for you. Doors that are closed to open. Lepers that are at the bottom of a pile to come to the top of the pile. Favour that's needed in places for you to move. That we call that favour to the fore in the name of Jesus. Every distraction gets silenced when you move. They bark, that bark becomes a distant noise that has no power or authority in your life anymore. When you move. When you move. I pray, Lord, for activation of the miracles and signs and wonders of God, of taking possession of what's ours in Christ Jesus. Every place where works are operated, expose them in our lives, Lord. We're accepted, full stop. We're accepted, amen. 
That's the truth. Any religion, oh God, get it help me, Lord.